From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrin. Thanks for inviting me into your home, your long-haul truck, your taxi cab, RV, camper, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, or your cabin in the woods. And a special hello to all of you, of course, tuning in on one of our affiliates, and we are closing in on 40 stations in the United States. And I want to uh, welcome once again our new affiliate, KBDB-FM. That's in the Forks, Washington, Twilight, 96.7 FM. I love that Twilight. <laughs> Very pleased and uh, tremendously proud to be part of uh, your schedule. So once again, thanks to Mark Lamb over at uh, Forks Broadcasting. A hearty how-do uh, to those of you listening in on the Conspiracy Show app. Very cool app. Podcasts at Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn.com, and TalkZone.com. So however and wherever... You're listening. I bid thee the warmest of welcomes. I tell you what, a couple of weeks ago, I did open lines. And I loved it. And the response was terrific. So I have decided I'm going to do more of it, a lot more. And that includes tonight, right now. That's what we're going to do, open lines. And come to think of it, I think we're going to do it again next week at this same time. Because the format of this show... Uh, because of the format, because of the time constraints, I don't have the time I'd like to take calls, particularly when I have a guest on the program. Time flies so quickly. There's so much information to get out when we have a guest uh, and so little time that I don't have the time I'd like to take calls from listeners. Uh, and so that's why I'd like to institute open lines more often. That is my pledge to you. So we're going to do it tonight, right now. The, the phone lines are open to you. And we can talk about uh, just about anything. But you know how the program works. You know what we talk about. Uh, we can talk conspiracy. We can talk geopolitics. We can talk UFOs, free energy, cryptozoology, the paranormal, whatever goes bump in the night, whatever has the uh, the hackles on the back of your neck uh, standing out. Uh, so I will, um, I'm going to clear the decks for you. And uh, here are the numbers right now. 416 360 That's good for the greater Toronto area. And then we have the toll-free lines uh, out of town uh, and just about anywhere. These are good for just about anywhere. Call 866 740 866-740-4740. Again, I'll repeat those numbers. 416-360-0740 and toll-free 866-740-4740. All right. Well, we're going to we're going to dive right in and uh, say hello to Bill who's joining us from Cambridge, Ontario. Bill? Hello. Hi there. Yeah, thanks for taking the call. Uh I called uh, a few weeks back when you're doing this and I had a special on clown dolls. And, That's right. Uh, you, I remember, Bill. You called because you have a problem, clown doll. We had we had a problem, and we we put it out, and uh, the energy feels a lot better here. So, aha! I wanted to thank you for putting that uh, clown uh, information up on your show, and it's very very helpful because I had a bad feeling about it, and. Um, now that it's gone, things feel a lot better here. Right. Just to recap, for those that didn't hear your call, Bill, you called in, and uh, you, your wife, I believe, had inherited the clown doll from someone. Yes, yes. You didn't like the doll. You were getting a bad vibe. Right. She wouldn't get rid of it. Right. You didn't know what to do. You were kind of up a tree, so you called in, and then the next week I had our paranormal investigator on, Rosemary Allen Guiley. Right. Uh, and we talked about, uh, and we have talked about this in the past, and that yes. is haunted objects, mm-hmm. uh, and particularly dolls. Yes. Uh, let's face it, a lot of people have fear oh. of, of clowns, and clown dolls are, can be very creepy. Right, right. So how did you convince your wife to, to get rid of it? Well, we heard the, we heard the show, and uh, I just said that it was, um, I had a very, very bad feeling about it, and she listened to all the information there that Rosemary um, put forth, and it, it really helped uh, with the convincing that it was time for that uh, clown doll to go. And, and did you just, did you put it in an, uh, an outbuilding, like a garage, or did you get rid of it entirely? Oh, it's gone entirely. We put it out to the road. 
and the garbage truck took it away. Wow. <laughs> All right. Bill, glad to be of service, and I will pass that on to Rosemary Ellen Guiley yes. as well. Yes, thank you very much for uh, all the information she gave. All right, Bill, my pleasure. Right, and keep these shows coming, eh? Will do, sir. Righto. Okay, thank you. Uh, all right, there's Bill, who is uh, light, one less clown doll. All right, we have um, uh, Dave in Daveny. I'm sorry, Daveny in Niagara Falls. Welcome to the Conspiracy Show. How are you? Oh, uh, how you doing, Richard? It, it actually is Dave. Uh, Daveny is my uh, username. Uh, formerly from Hamilton, but back in Niagara Falls after years. I've talked to you uh, numerous times uh, about the organized stalking uh, before on the program, but I'm wondering what I found out is that uh, it can. Uh, affect anybody from the homeless guy in the street to the president of the United States. Uh I certainly believe that. Yes, I have um I have been in contact with countless uh, uh victims of uh not only organized stalking but um electronic harassment uh, and and I as I always say I think harassment is a misnomer. It's really electronic torture. Uh, but yeah, I, and it's not really so much the electronic harassment that I've experienced. It's the dictionary definition definition, the Oxford Dictionary, of it being as uh, repeated small-scale attacks on an enemy in order to wear down resistance. And that's what I've experienced a lifetime from high school all the way up uh, from, you know, constructive eviction, constructive dismissal, uh, forced out of high school, constructive license suspension. It kind of goes on and on, and it comes from all quarters. But what I'm trying to do, I'm wondering if it's possible. I've contacted uh, over 20 years as a victim's rights advocate. Uh, I've got 91 pages of names and numbers here, and you're way back on page 75. But uh, there's got to be over 2,500 people I've contacted. And I'm trying to get the story uh, out and where I can get on a platform where I can discuss the issues that are going on you know, on the globe to explain how that actually is what I call STOP the acronym Strategic Targeting of Persons, the Organized Stalking. And is there anybody that you know that I can contact by phone? My emails, I got two accounts that are both compromised. My Twitter account, same thing. So I'm wondering if there's anybody that you know of that I can contact by phone that I may be able to get the story out. Wow, to get the story out. Um, <laughs> well, uh, you know, I guess I don't have great news. Um, you're certainly not going to have... Any friends in the mainstream media? That's for sure. Uh, and I have to even, you know, I'm toiling on the fringes of mainstream media. I mean, this is a 50,000 blowtorch station. Uh, but, you know, I can't have, unfortunately, you come on and start naming names and, and, and things because that would just be reckless on my part. Well, so, would there be somebody you could find out where I could call in and maybe get the information from, uh, you know, Ian, I guess, and they could pass it on? You, you want to pass your information on to me? No, I mean, if you could pass something on to me, if somebody's interested in the story, that, I, that you can get a number where I could call them. Well, uh, I mean, do you do you have a, a some sort of a, an online forum? or? Well, that's what I said. All my stuff is compromised yeah. uh, repeatedly. I've, I've spoken to numerous, uh, even coast-to-coast guests, and I have uh, difficulty getting uh, through to them. Uh, Michael Fitzhugh-Bell has been on your show before. Yes. I was in contact with him, and then he stopped getting my emails. So it's a reoccurring problem where they interfere with the communication. And I've been in touch with top-level people in the media, and they get threatened um and they can't they have to back off so it's going to take somebody that's got a you know suit of armor that can take the heat uh that i would be able to get in touch with uh, probably by phone because all the other methods have not been successful although they'll even interfere with the phone calls uh you know you'll get an answering machine repeatedly that people don't get your your calls i've had confirmation from uh, coast to coast guests Douglas Hagman, who told me that no, he never got any of my messages for three months. Um, I don't know, uh, you know, what he might be able to do for you. But what about something like Dr. John Hall down in in San yeah, Antonio, Texas? Yeah, tried that too, Richard. I mean, tell you the people. Like I've been talking twenty five hundred names here, top level people, and uh, they, they got the gatekeepers there too that block you from getting access to the people you need to speak with. Well, uh, I'll, I'll put you back on hold, and if you want to get my contact information and try and send this information, and I can forward it to 
um, to others. I'd be happy to do that for you. Well, I'll tell you what, before you let me go, you've got a lot of psychics that you know of. Maybe they can uh, get the information that uh, find the, uh, you know, the, the door that I need to go to to, uh, you know, probably get this, you know, information public. But, yeah, if you want to put me on hold uh, for any information, uh, that would be fine. Uh, Ian will pass along my uh, my email, or you can just go to my website, strangeplanet.ca. Yeah, I've, oh, I've actually tried that before. Like I say, I've tried sending emails, and that's, like I say, it's compromised, so that doesn't work. What about good old-fashioned snail mail? Uh, that's you know that's why they want to go to the community mailboxes for the same reason they can inter- intercept the mail that way too. Well, um, gotta, here's the other thought, Dave. Off here, we could talk. Well, I mean, short of then having to you know you give it to me in dictation and and I just I can't I just can't you know. I can't commit to that kind uh, of time. All right. Well, I, I thought I'd give it a try, but if you think of something, you know how to find me on Twitter. Well, uh, well, if you're on Twitter, uh, why not? Um, yeah, send me some posts. Send me some tweets. The other thing is, Dave, should the priority for you, uh, rather than trying to get this story out, whatever that story is, and I'm sure it's well documented, but, I mean, what about just getting your – your own situation cleared up and taken care of and and uh uh i mean is is life livable for you at this point are you being harassed well, I'm lucky constantly i've got a roof over my head well you yeah. heard about the dole salad recall recently that yes. was one of my staples uh cold cuts were another staple in 07 maple leaf had listeria problems then i uh, believe me i've had more attempts on my life than billy meyer but uh in any event, that's why I thought I'd try here in case there's some uh, miracle that you may have come come across well, just, psychically. Somehow the connections psychically, they may know of somebody. Well, I've, like I said, I've been doing this for years, tried over 2,500 people, and I can't get anybody that can take it on because it's too politically sensitive. Well, you got my ear anyway, so get uh, uh, Ian, uh, we'll get your information. Okay. And, um, you know, maybe we can do a couple of test emails back and forth, and if we can establish contact, then you can send me the information. Yeah, okay, fair enough. All right, Dave. Hang in there, buddy. Hang in there. All right. Open lines, 416-360-0740. Toll free from out of town, 866-740-4740. Loose lips sink ships. And sometimes corporations. Got something to say? Call Richard Serrett now at 416-360-0740. All right. Uh, welcome back. I want to talk to you uh, just very briefly about uh, this Zerka virus. I tell you, people are just panicking and going crazy with fear. And um, the story here on um, Discovery.com, headline, Gene-hacked mosquitoes to fight Zika virus. Uh, and as I say, it's spreading like wildfire, according to the uh, World Health Organization, putting millions of people at, at risk. It's said to be transmitted through the sting of an infected mosquito. And uh, the virus can cause a birth defect called microcephaly uh, microcephaly in uh, newborn babies. And this rare condition supposedly shrinks the brains. Oh, Lord. Shrinks the brains of unborn babies and uh, may affect as many as 4 million people before a vaccine is developed. And um, the scientists at uh, the biotech firm Oxitech, which is based in the United Kingdom, have an alternative plan. They want to unleash armies of gene-hacked mosquitoes into Brazilian jungles to seek and destroy the disease-carrying insects. And these genetically modified Mosquitoes uh, wouldn't fight the Zika carriers uh, in proboscis to proboscis combat. In fact, these mosquitoes make love, not war. Uh, that's because the mosquitoes, specifically a strain called, uh, well, I won't try to pronounce the Latin. Uh, anyway, there's a specific strain of uh, mosquitoes, and they will be modified in the lab first to carry a gene that would be transferred to their offspring after mating with wild versions in the jungle. And the gene uh, causes mosquitoes, young mosquitoes, to die before they reach reproductive age. Uh, Research and development of genetically engineered, uh, these engineered uh, mosquitoes, is already well underway at Oxitec because the mosquito carriers, uh, carries, rather, other tropical diseases, such as dengue fever, uh, that the biotech firm has been working to uh, reduce. 
Uh, in experiments Oxitec undertook in various locations of Latin America and Asia, their genetically modified mosquitoes reduced populations of wild mosquitoes by 90%. All Oxitec has to do is release swarms of the genetically modified mosquitoes in Brazil. All right, so that is uh, the latest weapon in the uh, the fight against this terrifying Zika virus. Genetically modified mosquitoes developed by a biotech firm. They will mate with the uh, the wild mosquitoes. Uh, and then this gene that the modified version will carry will be transferred to the, their offspring. Uh, and this gene causes young mosquitoes to die before they reach reproductive age. And again, they have had success with this. In experiments, they uh, they undertook in various locations of Latin America and Asia, these genetically modified mosquitoes reduced populations of wild mosquitoes by 90%. Now, uh, coming up on the program in two weeks, John Rappaport. Medical investigative journalist from nomorefakenews.com. That is a wonderful website, and he does wonderful work. Uh, really uh, publishes some, some amazing cutting-edge uh, reports. John Rappaport will be on this program uh, with an entirely different take on the, uh, the Zika virus. Uh, he thinks it's a hoax, a scam, and he will tell us why. Uh, all right. We are doing open lines. Let's go back to the phones. And uh, Randy has joined us. Randy, where are you calling from? Calling from downtown Brantford, Ontario. Aha. Corner right. of Clarence and Darling. Clarence and Darling. I know the corner well. Brick of where Brickham Pizza used to be. All right. How about that? We grew up on the same street. We did. All right. Yeah, we won't tell. We won't tell. Or Andre mean anything to oh, you? Oh yes, indeed they do. But we won't tell anyone the location. How's that? N- no. Okay. I- I'm fine with that. Okay. Nice park, though. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, well, good to hear from coast, someone. Coast to coast, to coast one night, and uh, I heard you say it's a long way from Brantford, Ontario, to the host of Coast to Coast. And I, I said, did he say Brantford, Ontario? That's right. The telephone city. Yeah. So we found you in the Verner's directory, and I uh, went to school with. I uh, went to school from. 72 to 77 at the same high school as you. Ah, Pauline Johnson. I'll say that much. Okay. Yeah, so you are a little, you're a little older than I am, Randy. By about three years. Okay. But, uh, it's great to finally talk to you. Likewise. And your mosquito story is wild. Well, uh. It's wild. Which take? It's the like genetically modified mosquitoes or John Rappaport's claim that this is an, this, it's a, it's a hoax? It sounds like something from Star Trek. You know, nanoprobes or something. I don't know. It's all getting too wild for me. Well, uh, if they if they can um, create this, they have this genetically modified version of a mosquito that carries a gene that will terminate. It's almost like the Terminator seeds from Monsanto. Yeah. Uh, you know, if it can, if it works down there, and, and they're reducing mosquito populations by ninety percent. Hey, I'm all on board. Let's bring some of those up here. Why don't they just introduce LSD to them? <laughs> like, the guy, like last night on Coast to Coast. That was a wild conversation. Work. There you go. That was a wild conversation. That was wild. Richard, I'll let you go. Nice talking to you, man. Take Randy, care. thank you so much. Good to hear from uh, someone from Brantford, Ontario, calling from the intersection of Clarence and Darling. Uh, you know, there's a, a street in, in, in Brantford, and it's actually, it's Dalhousie. It's Dalhousie, but you know, you can tell if someone's from out of town when you're in Brantford because they pronounce it Dalhousie, which is the way it's spelled and it's the way it should be pronounced. But a native Brantfordian knows that it's not Dalhousie, it's Dalhousie. I don't know why, but it's uh, Dalhousie. Uh, let's see. Uh, now we went, we went from Randy. Now we're going to Randall. Hey, Randall, how are you? Uh, hey, Richard, it's kind of a coincidence because my friends call me Randy and I'm near Clarence, New York right now. <laughs> uh, I love serendipity. Serendipity, isn't that weird? It is. Listen, um, Buddy Holly, a uh, major, major influence on me. Um, I think there's something a little unusual that Gary Patterson might want to check out. All right. What's that? 
Well, you remember Dick Clark, the famous DJ who died just a few years ago. Sure, American Bandstand. I mean, that's how many of these bands were introduced to, to, to North Americans. Yes. And he had, the, other than the Ed Sullivan Show copy of Buddy Holly's band performing, he right. had the other copy of another event where Buddy Holly and the Crickets performed, the only other one. And I, I've never seen it. I don't know if anybody's seen it other than the people who were there in the first place. But apparently a few years before Dick Clark died, he said, oh, there's been this tragedy in my studio. One of the new employees accidentally erased that tape. Wow. And, of course, I was just devastated. But now I'm thinking, this, this just doesn't make sense. Because um, I met a, a media art student a few years ago, and I had this tape from one of the universities I taught at. And I told him, I don't need this, just re- erase it. He said, no, we are trained to always look at what's on the thing before we erase it. Right. And, he, and I said, no, no, there's nothing important on there. Erase it. And he insisted on checking it. And it turned out there was a really good uh, program on there about a serial killer, Ted Bundy. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, boy, I, I, I'd like to keep that. I'm really glad we checked that. So if, and I, as I understand, you teach journalism students. Uh, broadcasting, I did, yes. Yeah, so they would be trained not to just sort of, blindly erase stuff to, to check it first and see if it's valuable. Well, now and, it's and now it's far the, easier. I mean, in the old the old days, you used to take uh, if it was an audio recording on a like a um, quarter inch tape, a reel to reel machine, uh, what we called a pancake, and you needed to to erase it. Uh, you had a degausser, which was essentially a magnet, and you would degauss it. And uh, you know that took some physical effort. Now everything, of course, is ones and zeros on hard drives, and it's a click here, and uh, you put it in the trash, and you accidentally empty the trash, and it's gone. It's it's far easier to erase things now. But that, if we're talking about you know the the the, night, the mid to fit, late fifties, uh, before the advent of videotape, that would have been probably I think what do they call that um, a cinescope or what do they call that when they would actually. Uh, in order to record something that was being played live on TV, they had to actually point a uh, a film camera at a television screen, which is why if you look at uh, old TV shows from the early days uh, that went out live, they sort of look distorted when you see them on the TV screen because they were actually recorded on film and a film camera was pointed. It was very rudimentary. The film camera was had to be pointed at a TV screen in order to record what was going out live for posterity. It was recorded on film. Uh, and, of course, the TV screens were kind of curved. So that's why, if you look at old TV shows, the old I Love Lucy's and the old Honeymooners, you're seeing shows that were only designed to go out live, and then they were gone forever, yeah. except they were recorded on film. Well, uh, whatever the technology, and I'm, I'm no uh, no expert there, it just seems very suspicious to me that some junior employee in Dick Clark's empire could could erase this extremely valuable tape or whatever the medium was. And I'm just coming up with my own conspiracy idea here is that he he copied it and he sold it to someone on the black market for a huge amount of money and then he erased the original and told Dick Clark, Oh I'm sorry, I made a mistake. Because uh-huh. it just it just seems hard to believe that could happen the way it supposedly did. I'll say. Yes, it does. It does sound very suspicious. Well, you may be onto something, Randall. Um, yeah, well, I'm hoping somebody might uh, might be able to pick up on that, because I would just love to see the, that uh, other early recording of Buddy Holly and the Crickets. It would just be priceless. I'm wondering whether, uh, he, whether he was... Um, he must have done some television shows in England as well. That uh, uh, So are we saying that the only... Um, the only television appearances that are still available uh, was the Ed Sullivan. Was he not on the Steve Allen show or something like that? Oh, well, that's my understanding. I could huh. be wrong. All right. Um, this this was apparently of some other um, performance. Other than that, I've only seen a very few seconds of an eight millimeter clip from that uh, fateful, um, you know, winter uh, winter dance party tour that's right. that he died on. I, somebody in the audience took a, a very short, uh, you know, eight millimeter clip. So um, 
just uh, would love to see more actual uh, video of Buddy Holly. All right, Randall. Um, oh, now is this this is Randall Montgomery? Yeah. Um, tell us about your. Uh, we have to get you on the program uh, finally and do a program, do a show. Well, the only thing I want to say is that, uh, and I just sent you an email about this uh, in my book Aliens and UFOs, which is available at BookLocker.com/slash/5920, and it, it's advertised on your Strange Planet website, which is a great website. I'd encourage all your viewers to go to the Strange Planet. Is it .ca or .com? Uh, it's .ca. Yeah, strangeplanet.ca, a great website. Thank and you. Do like I did, become a, a member, and thanks for, for putting the cover of my book on there. Uh, I'm, I'm very critical of alien abductions, but uh, it occurs to me that in those very rare cases where you've got two or more witnesses who don't have uh, you know, a history of uh, personality disorder or sleep disturbance, and the, the so-called abduction occurs in daylight when they're, like, driving a car, uh, you know, it can't be a sleep paralysis, and it can't be a personality disorder. And so uh, I just wanted to throw that out there, that, that um, if I ever do a future edition of my book, I might put that point in there. Oh, it's an excellent point. Um, you know, the Roper poll that was commissioned... Um, by uh, Dr. David Jacobs, and um, I'm not sure, was John Mack involved in that as well? Yeah, I uh, Bud Hopkins, was. I think Bud Hopkins was in, in that was yeah. going back, what, 20 years ago, the, um, the, yeah, the Roper yeah. poll. And yeah. the, the findings there were, what was it, something like 2 or 4% of the American population sort of fit the profile of a potential abductee. Well, I, I'm very critical of that. If you, if you read my book, I, I kind of uh, deconstruct that. The whole thing was kind of biased. Uh, you know, those two people that you mentioned mm-hmm. uh, put those questions in there, and the way it was phrased was it wasn't phrased in an objective way. So I, I wouldn't rely on that statistic. Right. I mean, uh, even if it's, uh, let's say, conservatively, uh, it's, you know, one one-hundredth of that. Yeah. Uh, you know, as it doesn't matter how rare it is, if it happens once, then it's then it's real. Uh, yes. And, well, it, it, I only interviewed one abductee, and, and that's mentioned in my book. And some very uh, a very strange thing happened when I interviewed him. And I don't. Uh, I just put it in a footnote in my book. But something strange happened at his house when I interviewed him. So <laughs> uh, the scientific part of me is skeptical, but. The personal part of me is wondering, geez, what the hell is going on? I'm going to have uh, Albert uh, get a hold of you, and we will book a show, and we're going to do it um, perhaps this uh, this coming month in February. Are you good for that? Okay, thanks very much, Richard. We are long overdue. All right, Randall okay. uh, Montgomery and Aliens and UFOs with the foreword written by Nick Pope, nonetheless. No less, rather. Okay. Okay. Thank you, thanks Randall. Thanks very much. Uh, let's see. We have, do we have time, uh, here, Ian, for another call? No. Let's, uh, we'll take a time out. We'll come back and, uh, continue with open lines. I love it. I love it. 416-360-0740. Toll free from just about anywhere. 1-866-740-4740. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show and your calls. Peering into the shadows, where the truth often hides. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. All right, I just want to throw this log on the fire. Uh, it appears that the noose is ever-tightening uh, around the uh, presidential aspirations of uh, Hillary Clinton. Uh, it would appear that an indictment is looming. Uh, the FBI has declared 22 Clinton home server emails uh, are classified as top secret. Uh, but they're not going to be releasing the contents, according to the Associated Press. Uh, Hillary Clinton has insisted she never sent or received information on her personal email account that was classified at the time. No emails released so far were stamped, classified, or top secret, but reviewers previously has had designated more than 1,000 messages at lower classification levels for public release. And uh, Friday's release will be the, the first at the top secret level. 22 of the emails found. 
have been declared top secret. And because the administration believes strongly in transparency and accountability, you won't get any information about just what kind of state secrets were passed on a non-secure server. The State Department won't speak on content of top-secret emails. And uh, the Obama administration is confirming for the first time that Hillary Clinton's unsecured home server contains some closely guarded secrets, including material requiring one of the highest levels of classification. And uh, this revelation comes just three days before the Iowa uh, presidential nominating caucuses in which Clinton is a candidate. The, the, uh, the Associated Press has also learned that seven email chains are being withheld in full for containing top-secret material. The 37 pages include messages recently described by a key intelligence official as concerning so-called special access programs, a highly restricted subset of classified material that could point to confidential sources or clandestine programs like drone strikes or government eavesdropping. Uh, so the news is not good for Hillary Clinton, um, which is interesting because despite the fact that she's leading um, her main Democratic rival, Bernie Sanders, in the polls, of course, we had uh, Paul Garcia on the program. Was it last week, Albert, from uh, the Merlin Project? And according to his time tracks, Hillary Clinton will not be the nominee. So... Uh, this email scandal, which is just one of several scandals, one of several hurdles, there's the whole, uh, you know, the uh, allegations of uh, corruption and uh, what have you uh, associated with the Clinton Foundation. It has been described as a giant money laundering scheme. Uh, so there's that. Uh, there, of course, is... The fact that she is an enabler with a sexual predator. Uh, Bill Clinton. I mean, there are more and more women coming out. Uh, it's almost reminiscent of the Bill Cosby case. Uh, and her participation in going after these victims in order to discredit them. The uh, Juanita Brodericks and so forth. The Kathleen Willies. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't think Hillary Clinton is going to be the nominee. I don't. I, I just think there are too many, too many problems for her, and the noose is tightening. I think if the FBI doesn't, well, they will. They'll they'll seek an indictment. The question is, will the U.S. Attorney General go along with that? Going to be interesting, right down to the wire. Uh, Dana is in Southbury. Southbury. Dana, where is Southbury? Yeah, you, uh, you know, uh, think about LBJ and the Buddy Baker fiasco. Um, this is similar to that. It reminds me of, um, but I don't mean to change the subject. I wanted to speak about the Buddy Holly plane crash. Yes. And I wanted to make a parallel with the John Jr. Kennedy plane crash. Here you have... Uh, you have no independent investigation on both crashes. Um, you have um, two superstars with a tremendous amount of power at, at will with uh, whatever they did in life. I mean, just think that you knew John Kennedy Jr. was going to eventually run for president. And the Clinton mafia knew that and the Bush mafia knew that. And what a way to get rid of them by, you know, sabotaging the plane. Did you know Teddy Kennedy's plane uh, was... Uh, I mean, Paul Wellstone was on Teddy Kennedy's plane that day that crashed. Did you uh, know E. Howard Hunt's wife was on a plane that was Yes, I've, I've, well, I've talked to E. Howard's son, and we, we talked about that, yes. Yeah, and did you know that, um, uh, <clears throat> uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I just, uh, that the, uh, if you talk to the people there at the, uh, at the airport in Martha's Vineyard um, that day, was clear as a bell. That's right. Initial reports yeah. uh, were that there was no, the visibility was good, and then the, the story seemed to change. And then you're right, that does mirror, uh, well, we just heard recently from uh, Peggy, Peggy Sugarin, who said the weather was not, I mean, visibility was fine. There was no mm -hmm. snow uh, near, near Clear Lake, Iowa. So uh, she does not rule out foul play in Buddy Holly's uh, plane crash.
Interesting. And poor Paul Wellstone. He was on the plane that I guess was uh, was, was uh, earmarked for Ted Kennedy. Did you know? Did you know that? Uh, I'm not. Sh- I'm not clear on the the connection between Wellstone and Ted Kennedy. No. Well, the, um, Paul Wellstone, the senator of Minnesota. Yes. Yeah. Um, years ago, was killed on a plane crash. That and, I did uh, know, but I didn't know the connection with Ted Kennedy. Yeah, Ted Kennedy. That was uh, his plane. He was supposed to have been on that 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 flight, um, but it got canceled. He canceled out at the last minute. Aha. Um, so that's interesting. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, and uh, I, I I really um. Uh, I haven't spoken to you, Richard, since you had Judith Very Baker on um, a few years back. It was very interesting. I appreciate you letting me talk to her. But um, uh, I don't get a chance on Sundays to call you as much as I used to, but I do listen to you. Appreciate uh, it. But I really appreciate you. Like um, we, we never hear on American radio, like what you said last week, like Dick Cheney and George Bush cannot travel to Europe or they're going to be arrested on war crimes. Okay? Right. And I'm so, I'm so sick of people interviewing like Sean Hannity, interviewing Dick Cheney like he's some, some god. I mean, these people, they knew there were no weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. Um, I, I live five miles, I don't mean to change the subject, but just, I'm just going to make a comparison. I live five miles from the Sandy Hook massacre in Newtown, Connecticut, okay? Okay. When Cheney and Bush bombed Baghdad, Think of all the five- and six-year-old kids they killed, mm. okay? Innocent mm-hmm. kids, okay? Hundreds, maybe thousands. Okay? Right, right. But not to mention, not to mention, the, minds, like, yeah. not to mention the yeah. hundreds of thousands that, that died during the embargo yeah. when, when Iraq was denied. And, and we're all, listen, it's not just the United States. I mean, that was, that was the West. That was Europe. That was Canada. Uh, we're yeah. all... Are you a radio station... God bless you. You've got the, you know, the balls, excuse me, to put it on, on the airways. And you never hear that down here. You never hear a radio person talk like that. They're well, afraid. listen, They're I, I, lose their job. I'm the last person to line up and take shots at the United States. I love the United States. I think it is. You're not taking a shot. You're telling the truth. Yeah. These people should be in prison, Bush and Cheney, for what they did. There was no weapons of mass destruction. They knew that. The U.N. inspectors told them that over and over again, okay? But they were going to have their war anyways. Mm-hmm. Cheney went on TV and said, they said, yeah, even if we were 100% sure there were no weapons of mass destruction, we still were going to have the war. He's so arrogant, that guy. He's just a despicable human being. And people down here, they call the Bush, Bush family the Bush Mafia and the Clinton family the Clinton Mafia. It's getting around. And uh, Jeb Bush, go away. He's the last person I vote for for president. Well, a change is going to come. A change is going to come. Very careful because I'm afraid of they might put something on his uh, helicopter or one of his planes. Likewise, yes, he's a very dangerous man in many ways to a lot of different people. Uh, Dana, great to hear from you. Thank you so much for checking in from Connecticut tonight. All right, we'll uh, take a time out, come back, and if you've got a line, hold on to it. More open lines right here on the Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Fasten your seatbelt and put your tray in the upright position. You're about to leave everything you know behind on The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. All right, uh, let's see. Ed is in London. Welcome to The Conspiracy Show, Ed. How are you? Isn't it wonderful as a former American to hear Americans talking about their former government in the way that gentleman just did? Uh, all right, yes. Ten, ten years ago, they were in a fight. <laughs> but they're, they're catching on now. All right, Ed, what's, uh, where do you want to take this tonight? The thing I wanted to raise was the uh, Canadian Press uh, article of January 14th, thesis incitement raised in B.C. case. Did you see that? Which B.C. case are we talking about? The British Columbia, two people, a man and a woman, were planning to bomb the legislature in British Columbia. Okay, yes. And their case is coming up in court now, and the judge... Just ordered some documents unsealed. A very brave judge that uh, implicates thesis in radicalizing these two people. Ah, interesting. You didn't notice that? Uh, no, I, I have to be honest. I haven't had a chance to look into that. It's a small article, but I tell you, I think it's a real eye-opener. All right. Well, we will keep our eye on that. I think uh, we should look for those same people in our cenotaph shooting. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. All right, Ed, I'll take a look at that. Thank you so much well, for bringing that to our attention. January 14th. Jan 14th. Okay. They have ordered uh, documents unsealed, and that may 
perhaps, according to Ed, implicate CSIS in radicalizing uh, these two individuals who uh, were attempting to bomb the B.C. legislature. Okay. Uh, let's see. Deborah is in Pickering. Deborah, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. Hello. Hi, Deborah. I didn't think I'd get on this fast. Well, here you are. But, yeah. Now, I want to talk to you about something that has been really bothering me. And there was a documentary that Ben Stein put out. I think it was 2009. And I was working in Florida at the time. And my the president of the company that I worked for, the publishing company, said, we've got to see this documentary. So we went to see it. It was at the theater. But before that... You're talking about expelled, no intelligence allowed. Yeah, expelled, no intelligence allowed. It was all about... It was the movie was about they teach evolution in the universities, but this intelligent design um, professors had come up with um, a, um, this intelligent design could have been the reason why we're here. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And they will not allow it. They will not allow that. Well, what happened is before we went to the movie. We went to church down there, like everybody does in Florida, and um, and um, for the record, I'm a Christian, but we went there, and it was a Baptist church, and they were saying, you've got to go see Expelled. It's not a Christian movie, but you've got to go see it. And then we, we heard a lot of, well, in the movie, and Ben, ben Stein is terrific because he's got that deadpan sense yes. of humor. Yes, he is terrific. And anyway, it's a, it was fabulous, fabulous movie. And basically what it boiled down to, for me, what really hit home was the academic freedom. Or, yeah, or lack thereof. Or lack going thereof. on, but I'm not going to talk about that. But it still revolves around the academic freedom. He interviewed a lot of professors that had been let go, were, not, were denied tenure and all this, because they had just mentioned it some of them one of them had just mentioned it in the article um and everything was there well what happened was i said to see that was the movie was fantastic i can't but can't wait to get back to toronto and things will things come to the theater a little bit later i think first they go to the u.s then they come here am i thinking way back they probably come here at the same time now i don't know but i came back here and I, and I said, when's, looking in the newspaper, when's Expelled going to come? Because we saw it at the show, you know? So it turned out it never came here. So I phoned her and I said, I can't believe it. It just didn't come here. She said to me, she said, you're not going to believe it, but they took it out of the theaters. And so I went, Blockbuster was closing at the time, I guess. And um, I had been to the local Blockbuster and I went there three times. Finally, the fellow said, okay. He said, I do have a copy of the movie, but um, and I'm going to give it to you because you've been here three times. There was only three left, and they came to take it out of Blockbuster, and we hid them. And he, and he gave me a copy of it. Now, I never heard anything about it. Ben Stein didn't say anything, but, you know, I mean, he's um, got a, a life, too, you know. He has to go on. What happened? Well, is, you know? <laughs> it's a it's a classic example, and, and for those who who aren't familiar with the film, and basically the film, this documentary, "Expelled: No Intelligence Allowed," uh, is contending that mainstream science is suppressing any academics who believe they see evidence of intelligent design in nature, and anyone who criticizes evidence supporting uh, Darwinian evolution, and. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I, I remember when the film came out um, about eight years ago, and Ben Stein did the rounds. He was on a lot of U.S. television, in debates, on CNN, panel discussions, and so forth. I thought there was a now fairly that part I didn't see. Yeah, there was a fairly healthy discourse, uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, and there there, there, there usually is uh, about this type of topic. Far so mm-hmm. more, more more so down in the United States than there is here. There is. Uh, it, it pains me to say here in Canada, um, a genuine hostility, uh, to any worldview that challenges, uh, sort of the materialist orthodoxy, shall we say. 
in Canada. Yes, absolutely. Okay. It is institutionalized. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely. I mean, the uh, and I have been. I have worked in at the state broadcaster here. Uh, and I am also a Christian. I had to keep my head down. I'll just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I, I can appreciate that. Deborah, uh, you know what? Yes, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. What, what eats away at me is the, the broader thing that we're looking at here too as well is that, is the, um, um, beyond that, the academic freedom. There is none. There isn't, and because there's another issue that I would love to talk to you, um, I would uh, another time about. I could send in some information because I've you know talked about it before. Um, I'll tell you what's going on in the media, in the... media about this issue, but yeah. right now, what uh, what uh, I have been asked by um, some professors, okay. At the U of T. Please don't mention any names. Do not mention names. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm not. It's all lies, but there's stuff on there. There's professors, and I've and I've written them, and I've sent them information. They thank you, and then they have a uh, what they call a blog with the media to talk about it, and Mm. I can't even get into it uh, on my iPhone. But that's that's what I'm trying to say is. The stuff that's getting out there, the truth, especially, you know, when it comes to the universities. I mean, they're there. To, as far as I'm concerned, the physicists, the ones that they're the only real scientists. All right, Deborah, I can, I can tell that you are uh, very upset. and um, I'm very emotional about I this, can, I can tell that you yeah. are. Listen, well, as I say, there is no academic freedom. And what is going on in university campuses around North America and college campuses, uh, it has, they have become uh, brainwashing indoctrination camps. Uh, and it is absolutely, uh, you know, at one point the political correctness was kind of amusing and it has left, it has long since departed from amusing. It is now, uh, dangerous and deeply disturbing to the very, point very that they are graduating a, a generation of students, of, of young people that, um, you don't have to, that, are, are as, will, will seriously undermine Will their 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 points of view seriously? Uh, I think pose a threat to uh, our way of life. And 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 when it comes to um, even the reading, like the way I look at it, okay, we have the internet, we have all this now, we have you know, thanks Steve Jobs and everybody else. But it's like the world has found a golden knife. Now, you know the whole old saying, don't stab yourself with it, right? All right, Deborah, we're going to leave it there, but I appreciate the call. Thank you so much. Uh, I think we have time for one more. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Melanie is in Toronto. Melanie, good evening. Hello, Richard. Hi there. Hi, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Okay. Um, Well, I want to mention the um, UFO files being released by CIA, you know, uh, agency, right? Yes, we've posted something up on uh, strangeplanet.ca, one of those stories. Yes, yes, I've seen it. But the funniest part of it is that Hillary Clinton right away made um, an interview uh, in a paper called the Conway News. Yeah, I think that was down in New Hampshire, if memory serves, uh, right. where she said, well, maybe aliens have already been here. Yeah, and she promised, you know, like she even joked us, apparently, that um, if, if people would vote, that she would open the Area uh, 51 files and all the UFO files. Yeah, I mean, I think she was being flippant, quite frankly. Yeah, she she doesn't have a clearance, even if she would become, um, you know, president, which she won't anyway. But I, I, I think people missed the, the, the whole point why her people chose uh, that paper. Okay, tell me. The Conway. The Conway. Yeah. Oh, you know, the, like con, the con, the con. There you That's go. Right. All right. That's right. <laughs> okay. I was laughing like. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, I think that she's, was hilarious, uh, you know. That is a clever 
uh, observation, Melanie. Thank you for that. All right. I tell you, uh, it's going to be interesting, particularly if the U.S. Attorney General, Ms. Lynch, refuses to indict. I suspect what will happen and again, we're talking about the uh, the uh, the private uh, email server and the mm-hmm. top secret emails. I think the way this is going to play out is uh, Lynch, the uh, U.S. Attorney General, is going to appoint what they call a special mm-hmm. prosecutor, uh, ah, which okay. means they won't indict. Uh, it's just kind of a political game they play. They appoint a political uh, or a special prosecutor, which means there will be no. Uh, indictment, and uh, it'll basically kick the can down the road until after the election. Uh, well, but they, there, they... there are so many, of, and this is coming from now several sources, including a former U.S. attorney uh, or a former attorney general from the state of Virginia, that there are so many FBI um, uh, agents that are chomping in the bit. They say this is an absolute slam dunk case, yeah. uh, and um, she should be in jail. It should be, yeah. We'll see. All right, Melanie, thank you or, so much. Or, or Richard, maybe she's going to get shot again in the airplane. Well, I don't wish remember? ill on anyone. I don't wish well, ill on anyone. Well, remember, well, they tried to cover that up when she was in the shelter. All right, I got to go, Melanie, but yeah, thank you. Okay, thank Good to you. talk to you. All right, my thanks to uh, Ian, Albert, and uh, John Franz, another member of the uh, the team. Thank you so much. Back next week with a brand new show. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed, nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home.